This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone, you're joining us once more for the Roker Report. With me tonight we have James, how are you buddy? I'm alright mate, I'm alright. Right, feeling good. What about yeah. Gav? Gav, how's things? Mint. 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 Oh. Merry Christmas. No. Now, we do have Tom, but because the original's off Globetrotting somewhere, we have a Tom impersonator with us tonight. So, Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Thanks for that introduction. That's all right, mate. <laughs> Anything for you. And also, we're joined by <laughs> Simon, who's also new to the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. It's good to be on the show. Good times. Good times. Right, well, small talk being over. Today finds us third from bottom after a victory over Watford. Nothing flash, but still in the game. Still very much in the season, in contention. Gav, what did you take from Saturday? Are we steadily improving? Um, not necessarily. I wouldn't say it was an improvement. I would say that it was more the type of victory that we need to start producing, producing if that makes any sense. like We can't just win whole 3-0. Sometimes we've got to beat Watfords and teams like that and very scrappily and Scrape the result, and that's what we did. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sterling performance by any stretch. Um, but if you're going to stay up, you need a couple of scruffy wins, especially this time of year, mm. because um, <clears throat> with the with the fixture congestion and the amount of teams, basically pretty much every team in this league outside of Chelsea are inconsistent. So um, the more these type of victories we can get, the better, because we've got three hard games coming up and. Uh, it was a it was a solid performance, really. You can't complain. I get a clean sheet. You can't complain at players like Jilabodji and Yanazai and, and Love standing out. There's 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 pretty much nothing negative to take from that result, really, other than the fact that maybe um, I was saying that Love Love picked up a bit cramp at the end, but other than that, I can't really think of anything negative. It was a pretty straightforward result and mm. the type that you need going into the next game because. Uh, I know it's the game after Christmas and you never know what's going to happen. Typically with Sunderland, we're useless around Christmas light. Mm-hmm. But um, Manchester United are going to be no uh, mean feat. So they, they, they've played quite well recently. Like So I'm just, I don't know. I'm pretty happy that we've got the three points because it just takes the pressure off for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, think, I think that Moyes is sh- starting to show his nasty side. He's starting to do things which maybe don't um, resonate with the fans, such as taking off Yanazai for O'Shea when we look like we're about to score a second goal. Um, that was pretty unpopular, but 
you have to give him credit. We saw the game out and we got the we got the clean sheet and the win. So right. no complaints from me. Yeah, I thought it was like it's a huge win, really, isn't it? I mean, we fully deserved it, in my opinion. I thought we played we were much the better team in the second half. Um, Watford had obviously started started the game pretty well, but we defended um, resolutely. I thought, as you said, Jalapoji was just brilliant again. Um, he looks a man possessed. I thought um, Kone again is starting to look the player that um, he was last season. Donald Love was solid. Patrick Van Aanholt's class going forward. He he really is. He's he's such a threat when he runs from deep. Um, I mean, Pickford made a good save early on in the first half. Uh, a slight negative would be we did give away a lot of cheap free kicks at times. I thought, you know, had Watford maybe been a bit better in the air, um, we, we very easily could have gone 1-0 down in that first half. But we didn't. We seemed to stay strong and battle through. Um, Adnan Yanazai looks a completely different player to me. I have absolutely slated him pretty much every week. Um, yeah. <laughs> And he, he just, he looked really dangerous, didn't he, in that second half, the way he, he beat his man and the first thought in his mind is to push forward and look for that look for that um, killer pass and played a really big part in the goal, uh, as did Jermaine Defoe. I thought Defoe's performance was just a all-around great team performance. He wasn't his usual predatorial self, but, you know, he, he set Van Arnold up and he, he worked his ass off. Um, Van Arnold's finish was was that of a striker. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. If hit that first time on the turn, I thought for fair play to him, like Yeah. Yeah, well it was it was very melodramatic the way it bounced off the post and went in. It certainly added to the uh, the lustre of the goal. I mean yeah. you you're talking about Yanazai there. Um we've got some Twitter questions as usual. I'll give one to Tom to start him off. This one's from Jonathan Hawley and he's saying, is this a turning point for Yanazai or do we still send him back in January? Now before you answer Tom and everyone, in fact, I want you to bear in mind that it's actually he's only got one game left for us, technically. If we were going to send him back in January, he'd only have one game left for us, because obviously, bearing in mind, we're playing Man U and he can't play against them. So what do you make of that, Tom? Do you think you, we should still send him back based on Saturday's performance? Um, well, it's, it's nice to see he's actually finally improving, and it's something that we wanted to see from him for a while. I'd never send him back, because we're, we're limited as it is, and there's no point of sending a player who you know has got this quality in him to send him back when we've only really seen about two or three games out of him. Chelsea Chelsea seemed like a seemed a bit more the player that you expected in the first place, you know, hassling defences and whatnot. He had, he had probably our best two chances against Chelsea. And then the Watford game is more he's coming into his own, he's getting a bit more he's getting a bit more into the involved in the game. And First half, first half again. He was a bit anonymous, but the second half, he was he was running the show at times, and the Watford Watford defenders didn't really know what to do with him. And it's nice to have that extra prong in the attack where we don't have to just keep relying on mm. pumping it up to a Nietzsche and laying off a Defoe. That we've got finally we've got some form of attacking midfielder. I mean, I wouldn't say the turning point and he's like the next. You know the next big thing, but I just think it'd be really naive to send a player of. We all know he's that got that quality to send him back in January. I just don't. I wouldn't see what the point would be. Yeah, I thought he was. He, what he adds is uh, like that unpredictable element, doesn't he? Um, he's he he has that moment in him that can that can change a game. Um, obviously, he's been so frustrating, and I think actually that comes down to his 
to his body language more than anything. I know that that really frustrates me. The way he looks like he sulks at all at all moments, but then he, mm-hmm. he can turn it on. Um, to be honest, he actually kind of reminds me of uh, of Adam Johnson at times in the way he moves with the ball. I know we shouldn't really mention him. He's like Voldemort, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, it's it's nice to have someone who can maybe turn a game on his head because as much as I love Fabio Barini, um, I'm not quite sure um, he he has that in him right now. Well, would you but, say, uh, on when you said about sulking, you see that with players like Defoe. You see when he's not getting the passes, he's like yeah. throwing his arms up and stuff like that. I wouldn't say it's just Yanazai. I think the issue with Yanazai has been, there's been this weird perception of him that he's going to be this like messy as soon as we got him. And because he's not delivering like that, and they just people are a bit too quick to write players off. Maybe I think think maybe like it's maybe because of what happened at Dortmund as well. Because obviously they sent him back because of his attitude, and obviously we we've known of this almost sense of entitlement he seems to have. Mm. Um, Like let's just uh, let's not kind of chickens. Let's hope he can continue. He's had two decent matches. he, I think, was it against Chelsea? He was he was caught out a few times defensively in the first half. So I think Moyes playing him in more of a central role, um, certainly the right move. Like it definitely wasn't that sense. I mean, the thing with Yanazai uh, is, as long as he's in a position where the ball can be got to him and got to him regularly, he's very effective. He's kind of like a player who, you know, if he goes off the grid for twenty minutes in one half, that's it. You're not going to see him for the rest of the game. He doesn't do anything else afterwards. But if you put him in a position where he can contribute positively to the game, then you've got a good player there. And that's something which I thought we saw against Watford probably for the first time in a while there. Absolutely, I'd agree with you. It's easy, as Tom said, it's easy to write off players for for little errors and things like that. But I think the main argument we had against Yanazai was his, his lack of work ethic. I mean, and as James said, he's put in two good performances so far. I'm not... I haven't got the stats in front of me. I'm not sure how many games he's featured in, actually, since we got him. But two performances... Are... I mean, yeah, we obviously, as you say as well, Simon, don't want to... Sorry, it wasn't Simon, it was James. Don't want to count the chickens. We don't know if he's uh, if he's going to put in another good performance, if he, if that's just sort of like a, a turning point for Yanazai, or if it's just a, mm. a flash-in-the-pan sort of thing. But I One of the questions I would say would be, if... If maybe we can get a performance out of him one in two or one in three, do you think that's enough to keep him in the starting eleven? Because he's not going to be the kind of man who's going to turn up and give you seven out of ten every week. I, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think he's that. But he I might give you an eight out of ten. I wouldn't give him a start. Mm. Like I don't think he's earned it just off the back of that one game, as you say, sort of thing. I mean, if we if we can be brought on as a substitute, for example, as I said, if for some reason we were going to send him back, which I can't see happening. Burnley would effectively be his last game for us. If he was to pull something, if he was to be able to come on at half time or come on at 60, more typically 60, 70 minutes with Moyes, that's the sort of time he seems to make his substitutions, then yeah, that would that'd be great if you could come against Burnley and put in the same kind of performance. I don't know, what do you make of him, Gary? Um, I think it's important really to, that, that we acknowledge the role he played as well. He played as a number 10. We haven't played with one of those really all season, have we? Mm-hmm. Um, I know he did drift to the right and he interchanged with Barini a lot, but um, importantly, we played with a 10. And when you look at January and you look at the amount of midfielders we're going to be missing, um, and Dong 
is going to the African Cup of Nations, for instance, then you're going to have, well, you've still got three, four players um, <clears throat> who play central midfield who are injured. So David Moyes has got a, a bit of a conundrum, really. He's got to work out a way of getting a team on the pitch who um, don't necessarily rely upon having three central midfielders, um, which is, in effect, the kind of team we played the other day. We we had Yanazai sitting in that hole behind the strikers, drifting across the right with Barini whenever he was needed. Um, and going through January, we're going to need pretty much him and Barini to do the same job. Mm. Because once once Ndong shoots off to, to Gabon, and um, you, you consider the fact that Pinar's struggling a little bit, and you consider the fact that we're probably going to have to play Rodwell. Um, oh. No, don't, don't. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, lads, but... Jenny I would, to, to be honest, though, I was I was glad to see Ethan Robson come on the bench because he's played quite well for the under-23s this season. Mm. He's, he's kind of reaching yeah. an age now where he needs to be involved with the first team, at least. And um, Although he didn't get on the pitch, he was there. Yeah. So it, it kind of does show you that that might see something in him because... I know he's been to watch pretty much all of the last three or four under-23s games, so he's seen enough of them, and he must know whether he's good enough. What the problem kind of is really is introducing him. Um, he, he likes to sit and, and pass it from deep. He's, he's similar. Uh, I wouldn't say he was anything like Kirchhoff or even Denea, for that fact. I couldn't say he was that standard, but he's a similar type of player. He likes to pick it up deep, and he, he, he often gets into shooting positions and he'll pass it sideways. He's not the type of centre midfielder that'll take responsibility, mm. which is quite often what Kirchhoff does. You know what I mean? He, he is is as nice as it is to watch Jan Kirchhoff at times. It would be nice to see him have a shot when he gets into good yeah. positions, and that's kind of what Ethan Robson's yeah. like. He's he's very similar. He, he he won't try and penetrate a team, but he'll try and move the ball out of the wide players, which is I, I would guess in this um, setup is pretty much what we need because yeah. you've got you've got players like Van Anhalt bombing past and each of and it would be nice to have somebody who was adept at getting the ball uh, down the down the sides to the wide players because really that's what we're missing. Yeah, uh, that and a goal scoring midfielder, you know. I would agree with that absolutely. I think that sort of team contribution is far more important to us right now. When you consider, I mean, if he's going to get the ball, the Barini, the Foe, and each of be, do you know what I mean? Or PVA if he's running down a flank, then yeah, those are the people we're going to be relying on to actually make something and penetrate the team, as you said. Um, we were talking earlier. Well, we mentioned Papi Gilabodji. Now, I've said this to you lads already, he is fast becoming my favourite centre-back. Um, compared <laughs> to what he was, it is... Not many to choose from, mate. Yeah, no, that's true. I didn't say <laughs> Sunderland centre-back, <laughs> just in general. He's fast becoming a favourite. He's come on leaps and bounds, it seems, from when we first got him, and we were all looking at him thinking, oh my God, do you know what I mean? What are we dealing with now? Like, what a complete waste of money. I mean, what would you say about him, Simon? He's a bargain. He always was. But you, you know my feelings towards him. He's for the season that he had um, in the Bundesliga, where you know he was he was you know pretty much the top defender there at least for half a season. You know he was outperforming a lot of defenders. Um, I think you know in comparison when he was over there, it was very similar to how Corny was for us in his half season. You know he was that good, um, but you know, it's just it's just taking him a bit of time to settle in with us and. You know, now that he has, you know, you can start to see what he's all about. You know, he's good in the air at times. Mm. Um, but for me, he's, you know, by the end of the season, we'll be talking about him possibly being player of the season for us. 
I genuinely think that. Fair enough. That's a pretty solid. Uh, it's been, big, big praise, yeah, right? Yeah. So, we'll remember this. One. We'll remember this one. And I, see what happens at the end of the season. Yeah, I think he's been. He has. He's right. He has been like a hell of a, a hell of an improvement in what he what he what he started out at. But um, he still has those odd moments, isn't he? Where he does. He, he seems to try and get in front of the attacker and tries to get the, win the ball instead of maybe playing the safe option. I wonder if that's going to come back to haunt him. And, a couple of moments uh, going into January when we will we lose him for the African Nations I think because I mean Senegal might call him up will it have they qualified does anyone know yeah yeah they, they, they qualified but um, he had a fallen out with the coach about a year ago and he hasn't been so back to watching. but when you look at the, the centre-halves that Senegal have available he, he'd walk on that team like they've got Koulibaly who plays for Napoli who, He's class. Um, yeah, he was being tapped yeah. for like fifty-five million to Chelsea in the summer. Uh-huh. Beyond him, there's nobody. They've got Gasama, who's a right back by trade, who was linked with us actually last year. He's playing in Turkey, um, and a couple of other names which I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But I mean, he would walk in that team. Like I would be pretty confident of that. They've got Kuyata, who plays for West Ham, but he's a centre midfielder these days. But he can play at the back and. Yeah. Um, you would you would think that anyone with half a brain would be looking at him now, like and, and thinking I've got to get him in the squad if we're going to have a chance of winning this because he's 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 a he's a quality player. He is. You can see by the way he carries out the ball, and you can see by the way that he when he when he has it at his feet, he doesn't look to be safe. And I don't necessarily think it's always the right, but um, I have no issue with a defender trying to take a bit of a risk with a, with the ball, and especially when you've got a player like a Nietzsche who's adept at holding it up there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with that it's just a case of picking your moments earlier in the season he was he was doing it too often he was too prone to diving in he was too prone to trying silly passes and um, it was maybe because he just wasn't ready he does look a bit more ready now and the problem um, the problem before with him uh, being more rash and so on he's, he's definitely developed a, a partnership with Corny which, which is going to see us through I think and he's he's maybe there's, there's still an error in him there's no doubt about that but based on the last few weeks uh, I think losing him in January could be a far bigger blow than losing Coney yeah. wow. so when you look at January then I mean that African Cup of Nations we've got potentially correct me if I'm wrong so we've got Gilabodji Kone looking likely mm. to miss out who the bloody hell are we going to play in cent- at centre half this curse looks like he's going to be out injured as well. Put Rodwell in there. Sorry. <laughs> 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 That's it. <laughs> is, is he due is he due back soon? Is he <laughs> what's your problem? Yeah, is Rodwell due back? I, to be honest, I think he's got still got a, I think he's got still got a couple of couple of weeks till he's till he's back, but if we're seriously getting to the point where we want to be playing Jack Rodwell at centre half. I mean, that's that's disastrous. That was a joke. But let's ignore the doom and gloom of whether we lose him or not. I mean, would it be easy to say that that sort of the ability that he's got now, or, or rather the experience that he's showing, that we didn't seem to see from him for the first few matches? Certainly, it allows Patrick Van Anholt that sort of freedom to run forward also a little bit more comfort and security obviously we're still going to need a central midfield to drop back if PVO goes forward but um, what do you think about that sort of link up on the left Gav do you think that allows for it? Um, I absolutely love the link up down the left I said a couple of weeks ago 
uh, I think it was after the Swansea game, when Anicci had played most of the game on the right and we played like a 4-4-2, that Moyes couldn't afford to do that again. He couldn't afford to make another mistake like that um, because Anicci's link-up with Van Aanholt is arguably our brightest spark. It's our best attacking outlet. So Saturday, Saturday for instance, when, when Van Aanholt was getting so much room down the right-hand side, um, it wasn't necessarily because Watford were playing with three across the middle and they, were, they had a wing-back effectively who was meant to be tracking him. It was mainly because Anichibi was pushing up against two defenders, which was dragging one of them out, giving them the freedom of their right-hand side. And he was our best player for me going forward. And obviously the, the goal that he scored, um, when you look at it back, it's not necessarily from Anichibi where he scores it. It's, a, it's actually Yanazai to Defoe and then back across to Van Anholt. But the fact he's able to get into those positions comfortably um, kind of tells its own story because players like Denier and Ndong were just sitting and going across and, and covering for him. So you have to you have to factor that in. Our whole left side really is, is the best part of our team and that, that's not doing disservice to Defoe because Defoe benefits from it probably more than anybody because defenders are trying to occupy Anichibi and Van Anholt and kind of leaving him in space, which is what happened four hour goal. Actually, he, he got loose on the right, put a great ball into Van Anholt who came out of nowhere and turned and scored. Um, we kind of need to be for me though we're a little too reliant on those three players the fact that they're the only three who've scored for us all season tells again its own story we need to in January if there is any sort of room for manoeuvre which I'm sure we'll get on to later we need to find some midfielder who's able to add goals because for me we're not we're not doing enough around the pitch but uh, it becomes worrying when any of those three are removed from the team and each of you didn't play against Chelsea and we had absolutely nothing uh, you know to hit at the front and then we had Obviously, the issue against Swansea where we had to shuffle the pack somewhat, which meant initially we had to go to one side of the pitch where he wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy with it, but we need to add to it. We can't just rely on those three. No, absolutely not. I mean, but talking about the midfield as well, obviously we had Jason Denier. Um, I thought he, he worked like a horse, to be honest with you. I mean, he was guilty of a couple of rash challenges and things like that, but that was arguably more about the position he was playing in or forced to play in and the the um well the pressure that was on him in that situation. What what would you make of Danny Tom? Yeah, again I thought he improved on uh, he was I thought he was a bit rusty against Chelsea. Maybe that's just because he's not been used to playing these full games like after after Swansea as well he didn't do very well there. Um but yeah now with Kershaw you can we can't actually get like rely on him to be fit. And he's now He's like nicely um, filling in that role. He was everywhere on on Saturday, and everything he worked. <laughs> he kind of went round co- uh, clearing up when in Dong had just given away. Um, but yeah, it's, again, it's another promi- promising display from a player that like has had his doubters and all that. And especially again with Kershaw, we just can't keep him fit. And I assume, well, I won't. Be expected him to stay another season if we if he carries on this kind of like in and out of the team, and I feel a bit more comfortable with Denier at the moment because like Kershaw on on against Chelsea he was just completely wayward and it was right that and again hauled off after the 60 minutes because he can't run anymore. It just pretty much sums it up. Yeah, that's fine as well. I mean, he's also obviously we're able to utilise him. I mean, 
going back to what we were saying about um, Pappy potentially being in the AFCON, uh, indeed Kone potentially being in the AFCON, I mean, obviously Delia is also, he's a, he's a centre-back, isn't he? So is that the sort of thing that we'd be able to now, are we getting more of a grasp of if we'd be able to rely on him as a centre-back again, do you think? What would you say? Yeah, well, we're going to have limited options come January, so having a player that's got that experience of playing in the back, and he's, I think, I don't, um, I'm sure he played at the back when he played for Celtic and also possibly Galatasaray. He did, so yeah. he's got he's got that in, the, in his locker. Obviously, he got absolutely murdered by Hal robson Carno at the Euros, but uh, as long as we don't come up against him at any point, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, also, still talking about the defence, I suppose, we've got Donald Love, we mentioned him earlier. Um, I thought yeah, he's getting quite a lot of joy on that right flank. Now, I'm certainly... Um, in two minds, obviously you've got you've got Javier Manquillo who comes from is it is it Atletico Madrid? Is that right? Or am I wrong? Here? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's pedigree well potentially on paper he's a pedigree player, and he should be a solid right back. His performances have been half-hearted at, at best, I would say for us, and he hasn't really stood out. And Billy Jones has been fighting tooth and nail for the last well for the last month, I would say, um, and it's great to have him. I would say as a solid right back, but Donald Love, he, he seemed to have that pace in him and the, the ability to cross, or rather the desire to cross. Whereas you, you find that Billy Jones sort of uh, he he doesn't so much cross. He tends to want to cut inside and lay off someone who's running on the right or something like that. But with Donald Love, he seemed to be reining in the crosses, whether they were whether they led to anything or not, we obviously need that sort of outlet on the right. As Gav said earlier, we're, we're too focused on our left flank. But, I mean, Simon, what would you make of Donald Love? I mean, not just his performance on Saturday, but his performance against Chelsea. Um, I, do you know what? I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with how he's been playing. I think he's been good enough or competent enough um, to do a job for us. Uh, to be honest, going forward, I think that, you know, not just him, but, you know, other players like McNair, for example... Uh, Moyes has really kind of given them a baptism of fire this season by entrusting so many young players mm. into these you know, high responsibilities. Donald Love had a you know, pretty torrid start to that. Um, but, you know, just like has happened with Dong, you know, give him some more time, maybe he'll start getting a bit more praise. And I think, you know, we're talking about a day, you know, he's being a lot more positive um, and he's putting in some, you know, fairly decent performances so far. So right now, no, I don't see why we shouldn't, you know, try and persist a little bit longer with him, get him some more games this season, because come the end of the season, we could be looking at a much better player than the one who we brought in at the start. And it's sort of, it, it might be indicative of Moyes' actual transfer dealings, like, which is um, something that we doubted at first, obviously when we brought in McNair, Love, uh, and each of I think we we seem to be getting slowly wrong, don't we? <laughs> Just like as fans, like, yeah... Um, no, what would you what would you say, James, to the idea of Donald Love starting against Man U? Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm all for it. I think, as one of the lads just said there, they, it, we weren't overly convinced by the signing of him or McNair or Jilabaji or Ndong or Denaya, but they're all coming to the forefront now. And I think, given given them more extended period of time in the in the start and 11, you, you know, they're always going to become more comfortable. I mean, I as soon as I saw Donald Love's name on the team sheet, I, I was a bit worried, if I'm honest. I, I didn't think, I thought, he, 
he's so inexperienced and he looks a bit lightweight but he was he was really solid you know he, he distributed the ball pretty well he was tough in the tackle let's just hope he continues to settle in I mean which someone mentioned Didier Ndong very briefly before I think it was Gabu did the match ratings online and I thought he put it perfectly he said he's a 10 off the ball and on the ball he was a zero and I think that's one thing that David Moyes has to work on this week um, to get the end on to maybe calm himself down a little bit when he's on the ball because his distribution on Saturday was nothing short of abysmal in my opinion mate. I just want to say that I absolutely love Donald Love I've loved him ever since he walked in the door his stupid his stupid little face looked like we've got his PE kit on a bit too big for him <laughs> he looks like a lost child in a shopping centre or something yeah. I'm just uh, when I saw his name on the T-shirt, I thought, yeah, go on, go on, Donald Love. But he was actually, I was just making a joke at first. I thought he was going to be like this mini cult player. But he was just, I thought he was in, He was really impressive on um, on Saturday. I thought he might have a bit of torrid time, because they got a few tricky wingers, Watford. I thought they might double up on him. But uh, he was really solid positionally. And then going forward, the... The second half, when he linked up really well with Yanazai's um, made that cheeky back heel, and he was straight in. And I thought, I thought from the end, I was sitting. There, I thought, and each of you had scored, and and it was just that purpose going forward. I don't think Billy Jones. I do. I think Billy Jones has been good since he's come in, but he doesn't give us that kind of like like quality across him. And I'm not seeing any of that from Mankio. And I. I I don't even know if he's going to get back in the team at all, Mankio. Now that Donald, um, that Love has shown like he's like a lot of promise for these for the the chance he's got. And also, my favourite part of yesterday when he uh, challenged someone and he went out for a goal kick. So I thought that was just brilliant. He made it. Well, he made a great interception in front of Igalo, which mm. kind of didn't really get enough enough credit for me. If you look at the ball that comes in from the left, Igalo, all he has to do is get a touch on it and it's in the back of the net. Love nips in front of him and it does just go just wide of the post but it's enough to, to stop the shot really um, that was one of the first things he did in the game after that he was flying I think it kind of gave him some confidence and he and he um, he grew into it which was nice to see I've wrote, I'm, I'm like most people I'm sure I'm, the rest of you are and all lads we've all wrote players at times of season when maybe it's been unfair um, particularly in the early days when we look can he lost uh, the last three, four home games have gave, should give us some hope. At least that there's enough fight in this team, um, providing they stay fit. Love being the prime example for me because we were told Mankio was a great attacking fullback, and I haven't seen it. He doesn't try to get past his man when he's in space. He doesn't want to cross the ball. Um, he's very poor in the tackle. I find he, he had a good game in his first. I think it was against Southampton away in the league, and then after then I didn't see enough from. Cons- Coincidentally, fell out the team. Uh, but we have to kind of remember just how well Jones played for the majority of December. He was, other than the performance at, um, actually pretty much, the, well, the two games where he played and and uh, what more wasn't in front of him, he, he looked a lot worse off. And we did talk about that on the site, actually, would, would it affect him? I think it quite clearly did. But when you consider the injuries we've got, and we're thinking of midfield options here, I wouldn't be surprised to see Love play centre midfield because he's done it for the under-23s enough for the last few months and it's clearly a position to feel he can play or he wouldn't be doing it. Um, maybe that's where you can shoehorn him in the team when, when Love's back. Um, 
sorry, Billy Jones is back fit. Love maybe moves inside when Ndong goes to the, the Cup of Nations and it gets both of them in the team, really. But he's he's done enough, certainly, to keep his place. Um, he's going to really want to play against Man United. Man United's his old club, obviously, and um, he's going to want to prove a point and try and show why they should have kept a hold of him. I hope he doesn't get too carried away, but if he can put anything in, like the performance which he did on Saturday, he's gonna he's gonna do fine for the rest of the season for me because he's he's got a bit of everything. He's good in the tackle. He works hard. His distribution's a lot better than I thought it was. I didn't know he had that in his locker. Um, and if you can if you can get him running beyond Barini, you, you know it could be a good a good partnership. Like we're talking about the left hand side, it could be something for us to work on down the right as well. So I'm I was more than happy with him. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, Barini likes to cut inside as well, doesn't he? So that would be that would probably be ideal in that situation. Um, Right, well, you mentioned injuries. Yeah, we have nine current injuries, and we've also got some Twitter questions because we're only two weeks off from the January transfer window. Now, Lee Charters asks, who do you think we will sell to raise funds? That's a very difficult question. I'm going to pitch it to James. What do you think? To be fair, if we even if we do get any money for anyone, will that money then be made available? I think is the is the key question, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But if you think, as you said, we've got we've got nine first team players out injured: Jones, Kirchhoff, Mankillo, Pienaar, Watmore, Gooch, McNair, Catamore, Rodwell, plus and Dong, Kazri, Kone, Angela, Bodji could all go to theoretically go to the African Cup of Nations it leaves us drastically thin doesn't it Um, it has to be given something to spend whether that be just in terms of loan signings or not we we need to sign at least one midfielder um, and I also think we need extra bodies up top I said in previous podcasts I think Peter Crouch would be perfect Um, but whether or not we've got the money for his wages is, is the key question um, I certainly wouldn't want to cash in on Pickford just yet. I think keeping him in the team could um, could be the difference between staying up. I think he could at least get a six points. He, he he's, he's such a such a talent. Um, when you're looking at sellable assets, I think look no further than Wabi Kasri. He doesn't get in the team. He does have quality, but if Moyes clearly doesn't fancy him, if you can get five or six million, you know, for him. Um, and even if we could use half of that for for incoming players, I mean, it's we really do need bodies. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got another oh, um, question on that note uh, from SAFC Dolphins. To give the club money, do we sell our top priced players? Obviously, you said we want to keep hold of Pickford and things like that. Uh, this is Pickford Kone. I mean, just to add to that question, um, as was mentioned, how much money are we actually going to have? How much money is that going to bring us? We're only realistically, based on the news that came out recently, going to have the wages potentially to play with. So, what are we are we realistically? I think we're looking at maybe two loan signings, or, or rather two signings. Do you know what I mean? But potentially, we wouldn't be able to get two loan signings, would we? Pro- problem is, though, Damien, really that Moyes has said in the past he's very keen and build a young squad who are going to be here for a long time. I know you can't you can't legislate. Um, entirely against you can't, you can't you can't always stick to that entirely when you're in a relegation scrap and he's maybe got to look at players from outside of the country um, who are going to cost us a little bit less but if it's loan signings how many Premier League experienced good players are going to be available to come here on loan from foreign teams and things like that you know because domestically we've already used up I believe 
Or have we used any slots domestically? Um, in terms of loans. Oh, domestically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, of course. So there you go, there's two already used. So we can't, we can't sign anyone domestically on loan, I believe, unless we send someone back, which I doubt is going to happen. Even though it was touted about Yanazai, I think he's, the fact he's starting games shows you what Moyes thinks of him. Um, so yeah, that, that, that sign's going to have to come from abroad. Last year it was Domi and Doi, and I wouldn't be shocked to see that kind of level of player again. Somebody who's out in the sticks, who's not playing games, um, that might possibly be open to coming here on loan for a few months. That's probably about as good as it's going to get, and that's pretty depressing. Like because I've said for ages, well, it is, and we're, we're desperate for a centre midfielder who can score goals. We're not only desperate for a centre midfielder who can score goals, but we're desperate for another centre half. We're desperate for another left back. We're pretty desperate for another striker. We're not going to get all of those. So what we have to do is look at the one position which we really, really need a player, which for me is centre midfield. When you consider that. Uh, like we said before, Kirchhoff, Pienaar is constantly injured. Um, you've got Lyndon Gooch, you've got McNair, Catamol, who are all long-term injuries. And then you've got Rodwell, who you can't rely on. We need a central midfield player that's going to add goals. Who that is, I haven't foggiest. I, I, I speculated Charlie Adam a few weeks ago, but I don't think he's going anyway. He's playing for Stoke fairly semi-regularly yeah. anyways. Um, again, it's hard to see who it's going to be. For me... It has to be somebody ready to play games, which is going to be, well, it's another facet though, isn't it, really? Who's who's going to be available for loan, who's ready to play games? They're probably not going to be mm. playing for that team. So it's it's a yeah. tough one. He's got to, really, he's got to look at the kids. He's got to look at the kids and he's got to look at the free agent market. And if any of them are any decent, any good, then we have to bring them in. It's as simple as that. There's only players like Raul Morales and, Stuff like that, still not without a contract, and you kind of look at it and thinking, well, who could you really bring in? There's nobody there for See, me. He's just as injury prone as anyone, isn't he, Morales? And maybe look at someone from the MLS now they're in their off season. Uh, maybe there's someone there you can bring in for a couple of months while people are out of the That's African true. nations. Um, I think out of the out of the players from the academy. We'd all. I'd like to see more of the likes of Asoro and and Maja. I don't know if they're if they're ready yet, but Asoro he seems to be he seems to be a bright spark. And I, I don't know where whereabouts he plays, whether he plays through the middle or m- m- maybe out wide. But they haven't played on the right for the under threes. But yeah, but he's really quick, you, oh he's he's rapid. But you wouldn't trust him to start games. He doesn't look good from the start of games for the under twenty threes. Funnily, really? you, what what you'll what you'll, yeah what you'll see with Asoro is you'll. He always starts off the right because he's he's just not physical enough to play up front. He's tiny. I think he's only seventeen year old. You can tell he's very slight. He's very um, very raw. Um, his decision making's not there, but he will crop up with goals. He tends to score one and two um, for the under twenty three. So you could look at a player like that and maybe introduce him from the bench. But um, he's not going to be starting last games. Year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, he's he's got he's got real ability. He's got he's got a goal in him when you, you know a bit of that shock factor. Well, not a lot of players have got where they'll just come up with something out and out. Um, that could be handy from the bench late in games. But the problem is, I don't think Moyes is that um, experimental. He likes to be safe, as we saw at the weekend. O'Shea coming on for Yanzai. Um and also you've got to kind of consider his age. Is he ready to be playing the Premier League yet? Is he? better off staying with the under-23s for a year. Uh, Madger looks a prospect. He's pretty handy. He works hard. 
he's started scoring more goals recently. He wasn't scoring very often at the start of the season. He started chipping in, but he, when you watch him play, he's all over the pitch. He's trying to win. He's a bit of. He's not like an be in any sense, really. He's, he's far too young and a lot smaller, but he, he does work a lot off the ball and, and kind of occupies defenders. So I can see why he's been, been earmarked, because him and Soro were on the bench against uh, midweek against Chelsea. Um, but the rest of the under-23 squad, it's, it's pretty difficult to see who, who you consider as ready. If we're going to play with a number 10, then Honeyman would be ideal. He's so ready. He's 22-year-old. He's been there too long now. If he's not ready to step up now, they're going to sell him. And there was there was yeah. rumours he was going to be allowed to leave, which is a shame, really, because for me, out of him, Watmore and Gooch, he's probably the one with the most ability. He's just a little bit smaller than the other two, and he might struggle in the Premier, which is why he hasn't given a shot yet. But when you watch him for the under-23s, he looks like the old experience pro run the games. Um, so we do have options in the kids. The problem is, I think Moyes isn't, isn't exp- I know he's gave a lot of kids that this season, but I think at this stage now, I don't think he's going to be willing to just throw people in. I think he's pretty happy with what he's got. And if he can maybe just... The fact he won't play Kazri is indicative of that. He, Kazri, Kazri gets minutes here and there when really you, can, you could see he's, he's worth a lot more to the team than that. So he's, if he, if that's what he considers Wabi Kazri to be to him, then what does he consider the kids, you know? Well, mentioned but, uh, Wabi Kazri, I mean, you know, as you say, he barely gets brought on at all. He's got a few minutes out of just pity I suppose from Moyes or something like that no real need to do it run down the clock and all that jazz but it's not going to be beneficial to him and he's not going to add anything in the most few minutes but there's no putting him in the shop window before January is there there's no giving him as much time as possible to raise his value or anything like that so is it fair to say that Kazri won't be going anywhere in January he won't be one of those we're looking to get rid of or is there a deal already in place? I mean, obviously, just speculation, but is is that something to do with the relationship between Moyes and Kazri? I wouldn't be surprised to see Kazri go back to another French club because he was highly thought of around that January when we originally purchased him. Um, and I would, yeah, I just wouldn't be surprised if some French clubs are still interested in bringing him back over there. And that that may just be our only uh, real sale from um, a player in our current squad. You know, otherwise, unless we can find a means of potentially selling the players we currently have on loan right now, such as Lens and Quartes. Um, but aside from that, I, I can't really see anybody else from from our squad at the moment being sold. Uh, especially considering that, you know, when when we originally said how uh, Moyes had taken Allardyce's team and made it worse and weaker, and yet that team now has gone on to win three home games in four. It looks like we're on the up. I can't see anyone going anywhere. And that includes Corny as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd imagine Kazri would be the one to go and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to a French club. Yeah, well, that would be... I don't know if that would be a good or bad thing. Obviously, some people think quite highly of him, but if he's not getting the game time and Moyes isn't prepared to use him, then maybe that's an option. Now, obviously, we look forward to Boxing Day. We look forward to the day when Christmas is finally over and everyone can finally relax and try and build up their bank balances again. But also, we've got Manchester United. Now, what do you think of Man U right now, Tom? Do you think they're beatable? No. I think they're, they're going back to that annoying stage that we've missed for the past three or four years, where they're looking like, unfortunately, they're looking ominously good again. They're just now kind of like... Well, I only noticed today that Ibrahim has scored something daft, like 11 Premier League goals, which kind of just escaped me grasp. And they're looking like a team that has spent 250 million on players in the past couple of seasons. Um, and yeah, it's going to be 
like maybe last season you think we'd go to Old Trafford and you'd be quite quietly confident of getting something, but I just I can't see anything else but a Christmas shoe in. Mm, I'm with Ouch. you there, like <laughs> I'm with you there, like I think I think if it's if it's it's a pretty harmless defeat, like the Chelsea one was, where for much of it we did we did ourselves justice and kind of kept the score down effectively. If 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 that's what happens, then I can, I can live with that. Like especially with Burnley on the horizon, I think that's the although Burnley's home form is is superb. Um, I don't see why we couldn't go there and win them. They're not that good. So the, the, anything we can get from this game is a bonus. And I know that's a bit of a cliche these days, but it really is the case. I think I think when you look at how well Ibra's playing, um, we can't keep a, con- a settled team together. You know who got who knows who's going to be injured by Boxing Day. That's mm-hmm. the way it feels at the minute. So if we if we can go there and we just do ourselves proud and, and turn up, then I think. People will settle with that. They did when when we did it at Liverpool. Um, for eighty minutes of the game, we were in it, uh, defended very deep, but we're in it and we conceded the game. If we do that again on on Boxing Day, then there can be no complaints really. Yeah, the, the thing with United is they certainly have picked them in form. But if we are, if we do manage to do what we did at Liverpool and keep it tight for say for the first half or so, that crowd will turn because they're all tourists. Mm. There's barely any actual fans at Old Trafford anymore, so sorry. I reckon we can get something from it. I think we'll. I think we'll get a point. I think Kone will have a swift elbow to the back of Ibrahimovic's head in the first couple of minutes, and he'll go hiding. Um, I'm going to say one-one. What do you think? Uh, I honestly, I think we're going to see another G against Man City moment. I think we're going to get a one-nil win out of it. Well, I, 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 I think I think Moyes has slowly but surely started to uh, build up that defensive, um, you know, approach so much now that he's found the balance between getting enough attacking play out there but still maintaining a good defensive shape, which is something we didn't have at the start of the season. I think I think he's he started to suss out how this team's going to operate now, and if we hold them out, you know, I was saying earlier for a good eighty minutes, you know, Man United and not Liverpool, you know, they, they don't have you know the, the patience to keep coming at us. Uh, yeah, I can see us nicking well, this one. That on the basis, not purely on the basis, but quite a lot on the basis of Jose Mourinho. I mean, I'm, he's always at his most flustered when he's been forced to deal with a defensive team for 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? He, he feels hard done by by that, and I, I don't think he's set up to deal with a team who show up defensively. It's, I mean, was it Conte that said before the Chelsea game, we're the most in, we were the most informed team in the Premier League at the time. Do you know what I mean? And obviously Klopp turned round about us and said he's never seen anyone play so defensively. I think if we can give, I think we do give these teams a hard time, particularly the ones with any kind of flair. And I think Kone and Papi Djilobodji will just be able to deal with Ibrahimovic with no issues. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. So if I was to give a prediction, I would say something like two-one Sunderland. What about you, Gav? Christ, what have you been on the night? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. 1-0. Sod it. Christmas. Tom, prediction, man. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm just comprehending all this positive <laughs> attitude. Fucking heck. <laughs> uh, I'd say a spirited 2-0 defeat. 2-0 defeat. Well, I look forward. That's the spirit. <laughs> it's that's such the a spirit, spirit lads. Right, <laughs> Christmas spirit. Right, yeah. Well, Christmas that's spirit. it. That's all from us until just after Christmas. Uh, do enjoy yourselves. Be merry from all the lads at the Roker Report. 
don't forget uh, that you can subscribe to us on iTunes or you can use the Acast app. And uh, yeah, this is the report signing off. Merry Christmas. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.